Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for another 24 and a new year. Um, happy New Year, Ben. <laughs> oh, that's not that's not the Oz meant to play. <laughs> yeah, what a joke. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> new Year. <laughs> and Max Dawson. <laughs> All right, we've got our 2023 quota done with. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, we are up to 24 season four, episode number 10, uh, from February 21st, 2005, written by Stephen Cronish and Peter Lenkov, directed by Brad Turner, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. And I'm not going to forget my opening line because my name is Colin and, and, uh, and going on right now. Is this an actual quote? <laughs> and she's a sociopath. Um, what a great not start a to 2023. Um, <laughs> and my name is Ben. And I want you to keep this as surgical as possible. I had, let's just do a bit of context here. Last week, which we recorded a whole week ago, by the way, um, I completely forgot to give my opening line. And this week I'm like, oh, I had a good opening line. Where did I, I didn't underline it. So I'm looking, I'm like, I can't find the one I wanted. Here, I'll go with this one. And my phone goes on sleep before I give the line. <laughs> and I come back and I can't even find my backup line. Uh, 2023 yes. is going to be a great year for Colin right now. <laughs> it's the year of Colin. <laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse in 2023. All right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. We don't, we don't play that enough on this show. So, um, and Max Dawson and Ben Waterworth <laughs> yes. and Casper Hilding. Ready, um, anyway, uh, this episode, right. yes. And by the way, we, we, I can't believe we missed the boat. We couldn't, uh, about. we couldn't give one last Colin, bout. We couldn't about. miss the bout. We couldn't, uh, we couldn't give one last. They washed up on a beach somewhere in 2023. No. So I'll just say it right now. Edgar's mom's washing up on a beach somewhere. There we go. Moving on. Episode 10. Um, we may differ quite a bit on this episode because I mean, you, you had kind of talked about how your streak of buys is going to end. And I'm kind of getting the impression that you might even been this episode, but I'm not going to buy this one, but I don't hate it. I like a lot in this episode and I'm, I'm very curious what it is that you will hate so much. I kind of have an idea. It's going to be Paul in his little takedown at the end of this episode, because really in the end it's completely pointless and it's going to lead to yet another meaningless torture in a week's time. But uh, yeah, th- there's, there's good stuff here. The opening 10 minutes is fine, but like you're right. It's the Paul stuff. It's so stupid. It just, again, it screams of, 
we need some pointless drama at this point in the middle of the season. So I know, let's maybe make Paul evil. And like the thing that is dumb about it is that I'm spoiling this right now. He's not evil. So like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's so stupid. And then, Oh, like I'm getting ahead of it here because like, this is just what this season does. It's like shoot first, ask questions later, like within the space of five minutes. Hmm. I know that company. Okay. Paul owns it. Ah, so you're saying Paul owns a building that terrorists were in before. Torture him. Like, yeah. this is a guy, as we will learn, who is like, owns like a hundred buildings. He can't lit like, I don't know who owns the building that I'm living in right now, but if, if somebody owned the company that owns his building and then you've got Johnny come lately in a building, you know, a couple of suburbs away, he's creating bombs. doesn't make me a terrorist because I'm in the same building as a guy. Like, he doesn't know shit that's going on. Like... I don't know. Like, it's just, I'm jumping ahead there. It's, 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 and there is some very bad acting in this episode, some very bad dialogue. Like, literally, yeah, the dialogue's not great. Like, you said it before, and I'm jumping ahead here. In my opinion, she may be a sociopath. Are you a psychologist? <laughs> no. Okay. Like, I mean, what the fuck is going on? And there's some plot holes. The fact that we get Marianne and, and, and Sarah, like, just we've forgotten about them for a week. And this whole Sarah situation, Sarah, we've tortured you nearly to death. Now get back to work. Okay. Can I have a pay rise? Yes. Okay. Uh, Mary and I'm just getting it over and done with right now. Like we have literally seen Jack Bauer chop heads off and limbs off. Mary well, there are only two people who can get into that building and one of them is dead with their thumb. Not that you could chop off or anything, so you have to take me. <laughs> like, well, can I just chop his thumb off? No, because I need it in the plot. Like, it's just so many things in this episode are dumb. And even the opening 10 minutes, like, yeah, it's tense and I, you know, but Beirut ends up killing him. Oh, let's forget about it. I'm just getting this out of the way, Colin. I'm going home after. Yeah, no, 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 go for it. Go for it. <laughs> like, Here's, here's the thing. This episode is going to be very difficult to cover because it sort of starts and every story is involved in one and then it kind of splits off and everything comes together again. So, I mean, I'll, I'll probably just as all over the place as you are here. Um, uh, let me let me quickly start here. Picking up after last week. So the good stuff here. Uh, we'll do the, all the good stuff, the opening yeah, 10 get minutes, the 10 minutes. Here Get on the Mission own. Impossible stuff out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, the briefing on Navi. They're talking about, oh, yeah, there's a man in the building. That I, they're holding a meeting. <laughs> we got to have a meeting. Yep. <laughs> and, have a drink, uh, everyone. They, <laughs> they basically have figured out he's in the laundry room. Now, this already, I'm going to say, is one of the dumbest plot holes. This is a massive hospital in Los Angeles. Laundry is going to be running 24-7. I don't know about you, but, I mean, I've been in some hospitals, and they get messy, okay? <laughs> I guarantee all of that bedding is washed any chance they get all the pajamas all the scrubs. Like I, I think scrubs, they may throw away who knows, but the laundry room is empty for this long. I don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, but that's where he's holding Beirut's and we get a uh, continuation of their argument last week. The whole, you know, I've always hated you. I hate you. And it, you know, you broke my heart. Beirut's this is where he basically calls him. You're weak and you stand for nothing. And Beirut's here. Again, I'm very much on the fence. Do I, does he kind of bother me, or is this what a teenager is? Where I just don't want to kill innocent people. Let's go back a couple episodes. The killing innocent people wasn't your objection. It, yeah. it was, you know, it, it, it was more your dad wanted to kill you. You were okay burying your girlfriend's body as long as you weren't the one who pulled the trigger. It was just that your dad turned on you. So spoiled brat, maybe. But again, he's a teenager, so I'll accept it. Um, there's a quick call to Marwan here. I really didn't remember how. 
few appearances Marwan had in the first half of the season, he basically has at this point, we got to have the one quick phone call with him. I mean, he'll, he'll become a much more major presence, particularly in the, the, the final act of the season, but uh, you got to get out of the way. You got to have Marwan on the call here. Uh, Jack's found out that they, they did the thermal imaging and we got two bodies in the laundry room. This thing can penetrate the hospital. I'm sorry. That's the only spot you're going to find two bodies in a room is going to be in the laundry room. I don't know how they could. Racist that, that's thermal. Definitely, they look Middle that Eastern. Is, that is definitely <laughs> Middle Eastern thermal imaging right there. See how the thermal imaging is a slightly different color? Um, yeah. <laughs> Middle Eastern. Racist thermal imaging. <laughs> but uh, this is the coolest part of the episode where he goes, very Pierce Brosnan, GoldenEye, very Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible 1 and Mission Impossible 2 here, where he's going to go through the laundry chute rappelling upside down. Now, not only is this fantastic to see that Jack Bauer is rappelling upside down through a laundry chute, but it, it's the pause and it's the tension that builds during this scene where he's listening in the conversation. When am I going to make my move? When am I going to drop in? And, you know, Kiefer did this for real. Because the blood is rushed to his head. (laughs) Well, like you could see his eyes are bloodshot. His face is beat red, which is the way it looks when people are hanging upside down. Um, was that was that not an episode with you where we were talking about people hanging upside down? It was done wrong in something else we were covering. I don't remember that, but like, yeah, I know. Like, stand anybody like stand on your head or like get on a couch and like you you feel it. You go, you you know, to the fifteen seconds, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. I think like it. It is definitely done for real because it is done. It's very awkward. I don't know how many takes it takes, but like you just kind of see, like, keep going, like, yeah, oh, I'm coming down the shoot. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, I'm not taking away from it because it's probably the best part of the whole episode. It is the best part of the whole episode, but it just, there's just, I guess you can't make that not look awkward. I mean, yeah. this isn't Tom Cruise Mission Impossible budget money. This is. Okay, we're going to get one shot of Kiva going down a shoot. And again, Kiva's going to be doing that for real no matter what, but. It's it's the fact that it looks awkward is what I love about it because when he does that move where he gets out of this, like you could have shot that and had a shot of him hanging upside down as he coming out of the laundry chute, and then you cut to the shot where he spins around or he I guess he he shuffles his body in the other direction and he's suddenly on his feet. You do that in two shots, but when he lands on his feet, his face is still bloodshot there. So they let Kiefer do even that spin, that that flip on his own, because otherwise his face never would have looked like that. So really appreciate Kiefer, the man who broke a foot by dropping a gun on it, rappelling through a laundry chute for real. They didn't actually do this for real. They did these special effects. Kiefer just had a bender. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They've literally got fuck. Kiefer's gone to work drunk again. <laughs> he looks so bloodshot. What do you do? Oh, hang what him upside down. Through a laundry chute. <laughs> He's going, oh, I'm not going to do anymore. I don't want to do this shit. Fuck you all. My dad's Donald Sutherland. My granddad's the greatest Canadian of all time. Fuck you all. Pew, 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 pew. Kiefer, we're going to have you hang upside down. Wait, did, did you know that Donald and Kiefer were related? Are they? I, Get out I of think here. I heard that. Damn, I thought Man, his I dad was... Um, thing from Babe, who plays his dad, complaining <laughs> yeah. his name. James Cromwell's James not really Cromwell. his dad. James Cromwell's Paul not really, his, not really dad. his brother. Does James Cromwell just play like you know how Tom Hanks now just literally plays like every famous person in a biopic? Yeah, James Cromwell did that for a while because he was freaking Prince Philip in The Queen, then he was George Bush oh, yeah. Senior in W. Um, Farmer Hoggett, real character. <laughs> Jack Bauer's I'm dad. Just, I'm excited for the day where Tom Hanks plays James Cromwell in the James Cromwell biopic. Exactly. That's what I want to see. And then James Cromwell plays James Cromwell's dad in the biopic. <laughs> <laughs> what a man, James Cromwell. 
Um, yeah, I love James Cromwell. I, I, I just I don't love him on Twenty Four. Sadly, oh, I love Paul McCrane, but he uh, don't love him in Twenty Four either. God, I like Paul McCrane better than James Cromwell, just because there's at least hope for him when we get introduced to him next season. But like, uh, I'm sorry, spoiler alert. If you were to like, I can kind of maybe see where they were going with James Cromwell being related to Kiva Sutherland. No disrespect to Paul McCrane, but come on. <laughs> I look more like Kiefer Sutherland than Paul McCrane. One of these guys got the Schwarzenegger jeans, one got Danny DeVito's. <laughs> and then when you meet Paul McCrane's wife and then you just realise that Jack fucked her at one point too, like what the fuck was going on? Like don't get me started on the Bauer family plotline it makes. And the son is the worst character in all of 24. Jack Bauer's nephew deserves to die. Worse than Singer last season? Absolutely. fucking uh, Ooh, I, I can't wait to get there. And and then you get What's-His-Face, the stupid famous actor who becomes a CTUA. We literally have scenes between Josh Bauer and oh, what's-his-name, the famous actor who's like an 80s actor who is then in 24. Oh, Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder yeah. and Josh Bauer on screen together is like I would rather listen to Taylor Swift in England. Like it's just it's torture. Uh, now, the rest of the good part of this episode, I also like when Jack lands. I was thinking he was land, supposed to land right behind them, but then you get that and like, no, he's technically still around the corner, so you still get a little bit more of that build. But when Jack in comes a in... pile of soiled laundry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it in Breaking Bad when they sneak him into the thing. Like, did the laundry have to be soiled? No. Like, I want Jack, like, wiping shit off his face. <laughs> but um, the, the continued argument here, and when, when Jack does eventually have the showdown here with Navi, and Navi's got bruise and everything behind him uh, dean on the phone is fantastic yeah uh this moment where you know he's basically saying you turned him against me you have done that yourself and we get a brief fight between jack and navi which is great i mean i feel like this should have been a bigger moment because really yes we know marwan there, there is no point this this isn't season one two or three where you have Gains, or you have somebody else and you're like you're meant to believe they're calling the shots and you find out it's somebody else you know from the very beginning you know navi's just a henchman but he really has been the villain for the first half of the season here first third of the season i guess a uh, little over the third um he, he's probably had a bigger presence than even um the salazars did in the first season i mean less plot revolving around him but as far as how much he's in this movie and how much the family's involved uh and they get a quick fight i mean it was a little bit let down by the quick fight that he has here uh and then beirut pulls the trigger which another moment where i'm thinking like do i love this or hate this like I'm, I'm so torn on him what saves this for me is that it's better than Saunders. You know, when Saunders died, you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but it is. But Beirut knows that he's got this pardon, you know? So it does make sense. But then again, he's a 17-year-old kid who's angry at his dad. This is still kind of, this is during the 2000 emo phase where I guess all teenagers still- Kill their you know, parents? Oh, <laughs> at least had a chip on their shoulder, Every you know? just watching this going, yes, kill your father. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I I don't know whether they really built up this believability with Beirut wanting his dad dead, where he would pull the trigger. Maybe if there's a, if Dino was in the room, you know, I, I think it's a little bit different. But she's not. She's on the phone, from what I remember here. Um, but still, it's 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 a great showdown that Jack gets here. I feel like it could have been a little bit better, but I still like it. Um, we'll, we'll pick up everything else after this because, yeah, this is the best part of the episode. It does all go a little bit downhill. Yeah, like I love the standoff and Nestor is great, but like it just 
like I just don't like Beirut killing. But again, it's like I know you've talked a lot about it in some episodes where it's just like death is just treated just like oh they're dead, move on. Like it's just yeah, I get it. His dad's evil. Oh, I hate you. I've always hated you. But like he discovered that in like an hour, and like I'm sorry, like this is what hour ten of this day. He woke up this morning. Like oh, I've always hated you. Has he really though? Because like at the beginning of the day, they have an orange juice, and sure he doesn't want him to fuck Debbie, but they're still like you know whatever like. Like, I don't care how much you dislike your family. Like, if you're going to kill your dad, like, I mean, there's going to be some shit to deal with there. Like, but, like, they just kind of brush this off. Like, oh, well, he was evil, so that's okay. Then let's take you back to CTU and we'll fucking, we'll just question you there. Um, I just, that's uh, cheesy. And then even, like, you know, what does he say? Like, I killed him. I killed father. Like, it's just, that's one of these lines where it's just like, that line's just a bit whatever. Like, from that moment, like, I know you and, and Noah talk about, like, in Die Another Day, can't play the clip, but imagine it. Like, what do you say? Like, they go to Iceland, that's where it jumps a shark. Or I think Noah said, like, oh, it's after London calling, that jumps the shark. Everything till then's good. Um, this is this episode. Everything until this point, pretty good. Baruz kills his dad. Bill, that's Fonzie jumping a shark. Because from this point on, there's nothing to redeem this episode. Well, uh, let's let let's eulogize. We wouldn't usually eulogize a character who's only in a handful of episodes here, but I mean, I think that Nestor Serrano deserves it. I think the fact that I'm a little upset that he doesn't get a bigger send off. I mean, it is a great scene, and it is you know very much what you would expect how this would end, but. This is almost like Claudia's death in season three. Now, I loved the fact that Claudia's death is glossed over because it made it a sadder end because she was a hero character. But them glossing over this to me is almost like they filmed all these scenes and nobody on set quite knew how good Nestor Serrano was at this character. I don't think they had any intention. I mean, obviously, of the the three Iraz uh, family members, he's the one who's in it the least. I feel like you should have just ended the Iraz story completely here, but we're going to get even more with Dina and Baru still. Well, um, they, I mean, you do, but they do kind of drop off for a little bit before they come back into it. So, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this this should just be the end of their story because yeah. it doesn't get better than this. And Nesta Serrano, I mean, I'm going to put him up there, at least in my top five favorite 24 villains in these first four seasons. I mean, as far as secondary villains go, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm going to have um, uh, the, both Salazar's as the top, but I feel like they kind of complement each other in a way that Nessa Serrano didn't have that. This guy really has stolen this season up to him and Sheree Agadashu. I mean, the, I, I say they're, they're going to go, they probably at this point are more memorable than even uh, Heller is, you know, and, and Jack, I feel like this has been this season and it is a B story, which I think is, it's incredible just what Nesta Serrano was able to do with what on paper. And I feel like even, even in directing this episode, they didn't realize what a huge star they had in their hands with him. Would you rather um, Navi or Gaines? Who would you choose between those two? I go, I go Navi. See, I'd choose Gaines. Like I'm not disagreeing with you. Like he's amazing, but I think what I remember a lot about season one and what we talked up is that Gaines is incredible. And I think the fact that Gaines will always get forgotten about because he was like the first one. And then, you know, you always supersede mm-hmm. him and you often forget about the original, even the Drazens, you kind of forget about how good they were. But um, yeah, I mean, he'd probably be, yeah, two or down there. Cause there's no really none in season two, is there? I mean, what's a face? Um, uh, Nina. Uh, well, no. Um, why have I gone blank in a name? Marie. Marie, um, yeah. But like, I'd count Marie, but yeah, I think that he's he's better than Marie. Yeah. 
I'd probably put him two. I'd, I'd, I'd still stand by gains. I, I stand by hashtag stand by gains. Um, stand by your gains. <laughs> gains, take a hike. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm scared for mini driver safety now because Kirsty Alley's dead and she'd like replied to a tweet. So mini driver and Michael Bolton are next. The other famous people that I know have like replied to my tweets before. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to add. He's brilliant. Like, and yeah, I, I kind of like that point that you could probably end this storyline here because you could. Uh, although what we get with with Dina and, and Baru is like, it's important to the plot moving forward later on. But um, yeah, as I said last week, they just kind of forget about Baru's and yeah. But uh, no, I, I'm sad that Navi's gone. Um, but Nesta, what a man. Make him he, he had- more of a thing. He had day after tomorrow right before this. So, I mean, this was a good year for him. And it's kind of sad looking on his West Wikipedia page and it says he is most well known for playing Navi Arraz. I mean, this guy, he deserves more. I mean, Roger somebody Hall. make Nesta Serrano a scene. Thing, yeah. Let me guess. He's um, gone on to being like Law and Orders and Blue Bloods and Young Children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little um, House on the Prairie. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie, yeah. Uh, he'd fit, that, he'd fit the cast the- of that very well, wouldn't he? <laughs> or a diverse cast, Little House on the Prairie. Let's do the CTU stuff here. Now, there's stuff that I actually like in this as well, which I feel like you're going to hate, but then there's stuff that I don't like, partly because they took a week off from it. Um, I, I do love Edgar here, where he said, oh, here, I have the the recent information here for you, Ms. Driscoll. And she's like, Edgar, this is 40 minutes old. I'm sorry. I'm just upset about my mother. Like, everything that happened with his mother <laughs> happened in the last 10 minutes of the last episode. <laughs> this is a bad excuse. Like, <laughs> But like, I think like this is the bad dialogue because it's literally like, I need these updates. Here it is. These update every fifteen minutes. This is forty minutes old. I'm sorry. I'm upset about my mother. <laughs> and like the mother was, if you're looking chronologically, forty minutes ago, we didn't even know he had a mother. Still, I think, you know, like, so dumb. <laughs> Tell me you don't yeah, like this. No, 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 not this, not this. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're talking about, uh, what we could do to hold off the meltdown. I like that there's another line here. I don't even remember who said it, but I think this was in the meeting with Heller here. They're talking about, oh, we might be able to, uh, delay the, the meltdowns or whatever. Uh, and Heller just says, how's that going? <laughs> it was just saying these weird lines. <laughs> it's sort of like, I'm upset about my mother. How's that going? So <laughs> you had two screenwriters dialogue. this week. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> but ne- then we get to the good stuff. Now, why she was out of it last week, I have to oh, believe it was don't. just Aisha Tyler had a previous engagement. But the interrogation here with, with her, this is where they really, like we talked about last week, they, they finally got on the, like, you know, Roger Cross and the writers, and the producers, they all sort of agreed this is who Curtis is supposed to be. This scene with Marianne is where we get Curtis for the first time. Now, is it the greatest Curtis scene ever? No, but this is the first time in this series where I believe I am watching the Curtis we're going to know going forward, you know? Um, and yet we still have some of the Captain Obvious stuff in here, which is great. Um, I, I love It's the one line here where Marianne's basically, I have rights, which, by the way, we've heard that already this season. Yeah, <laughs> now you're Black Lives dialogue. Matter. Yeah, but it's him going, so did Powell. You want to see him? And he takes the sheet off. Like, I actually really like this scene here. Uh, but I think um, the, the the fact where she says, I want a deal, he says, you get to live. That's your deal. Like, it's lines like that where I'm like, 
we have Curtis. He's here now, you know? This is who he's going to be in the next couple seasons. Um, we have him briefing. Uh, we got another meeting. We got to have a meeting. How did the interrogation with Marianne go? And it, this is where he says, well, the polygraph says she's telling the truth, but I think she's a sociopath. What are you, a psychologist? <laughs> um, and then we get Sarah. Sarah's back. She was unconscious from her torture two weeks ago. Uh, and this is where you get on board with Sarah, where her character starts to make sense because they're coming back around to what they started this character off with in episode one or two, where she's a bit of an opportunist. She's she's trying to move up the ladder. She's a suck up. And Aaron's like, I hope you understand that I had to do what I had to do. Yes, I understand. I'll give you a choice. You can go home and rest or you can get back to work. And this is why I really like about Driscoll having to spend this whole season convincing people to stay on the job. And she and runs she away like off. a little bitch in two episodes. Yeah, well, which, which also, like, I drew the, the comparison to her being, like, a less abrasive Mason. That's really what Mason did as well. You know, Mason's like, no, no, guys, you got to do your job. By the way, I'm out of here. See ya. Um, but Sarah actually coming back and says, all right, I'll stay and I'll do it. By the way, you're going to give me a pay bump. <laughs> I'm making a lot more money to stick around here. I'm like, finally, they got something with Sarah. Too bad. It's not going to last very long. And and as long as it lasts, I don't feel like anything's going to happen between her and the big scene she's going to have with Michelle coming up in a couple of weeks. Like, we get her back in here. She was tortured. She manipulates her way into getting a massive raise to stay on here, which as she should. Um, and then... We're going to have a lot of nothing with her, if I remember, until she has a bit of a run-in with Michelle. She gets a little something to do. Oh, it's, yeah, nothing major. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I like the, she the have interrogation She does or anything, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> it's all family members dying. You mean Rover's uh, going to not get out of the radiation cloud? <laughs> but basically, the task they're giving is like, all right, allow Marianne to go and to this one computer in the world that can get the information that only two people can get on. Um, and this is my life here. I found it as I said, I would where <laughs> you have like this weird, I mean, with her, she's still trying to do, she's trying to be a Nina, right? She's trying to, you know, I never stopped looking at you. <laughs> Ooh, I still think about you. And then he's, when he says, raise your leg, don't make me do it for you. I'm like, oh, that's good. I love Curtis here. Uh, and maybe again, maybe I'm just loving the fact that I know that we have the right character with Curtis now. And, you know, you having watched everything past this, you know, you're not quite as wowed by it, but like, that's the type of thing you expect him to say, raise my leg. Don't make me do it for you. Like you're getting a bit of that attitude and not just captain obvious now. Um, they're going to find the information here, which is going to lead them to Paul, uh, because the company that owns this house that they get the address to, which, um, I have the address here. I wanted to Google map it to see if they actually do film on the location. 2487 Albert. Um, this house is owned by galaxy financial. Whose CFO is none other than Paul Rains, And uh, I think that this episode is the worst episode they get for Paul because it's pointless because I'm saying next week, let, spoiler. Next. <laughs> well, well, well ne next week, I feel like here's the thing. I feel like next week fits in with the theme of the season that they didn't quite nail, which is needless torture. You know, <laughs> maybe there isn't a place for this. Maybe we were, we're, you know, we're taking the wrong approach here, but um, yeah, he's got a connection to this, but everybody's kind of giving the benefit of the doubt. It's like, Paul wouldn't have anything to do with this. There's got to be an explanation. Yeah, but we don't want to scare him off in case there is a thing. So it's all going to be, all right, well, you know, let's uh, let's question him, but don't make him nervous. Um, and uh, by the way, 
Heller is going to ask for Tony to be reinstated. Tony's going to be bringing the Arraz family back here. Uh, Aaron's all on board with it all of a sudden. No reservation whatsoever. Because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, why is she not upset that Jack, who made a promise to her, he would go through her for everything, literally has not picked up the phone to Driscoll once, has reinstated a man who committed treason. It's treason then. Uh, lots of good Star Wars stuff here. Uh, that's treason. We're going to have another one coming up. Uh, and he's calling Heller. He's going above her head. And she's like, absolutely. I get the scene with Heller. She's like, absolutely. In fact, I say, let's give him a raise and let's give him the Medal of Honor. <laughs> She's going all out, rolling Trip the red right. carpet. <laughs> but, this like is his... the other but this is the other scene that I really like where Tony arrives and he's got the Dina and, and uh, Beru's there and everything. And it's like, by the way, Angela, you know, I made an outstanding work today. And again, she's putting on this phony face. And then she immediately turns around and says to Sarah, you just got a little bit of a raise there. So why don't you uh, just keep an eye on Tony for me? And this is where she says, that's treason. We are at war, Sarah. <laughs> we are Star Wars. Every line in this episode reminds me of Star Wars. And this came out before Revenge of the Sith. So I don't know. Maybe they, they got a sneak peek of it. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, this is some of the stuff that I appreciate, but because nothing's consistent going forward, I can see why I think it would bother you a little bit more. I just looked at my overall rankings of all 216 episodes. Um, this is the third worst episode of season four, followed by next Ooh. week, followed by the week after. So <laughs> wow, you do not like this. Just saying, this next three episodes are the worst three of this season. But having said that, the positive of this episode, um, this episode is better than 11 of the 12 episodes of Legacy. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yay. Um, how do you like this, Mary? Like, the... The plot holes here are just screaming. Like literally every person that we have seen in this season who is remotely possibly evil within two seconds are in a room tied to a chair and tortured. But for Marianne, it's, oh, so you, yes, I want a lawyer. No, I'll make a deal. Okay. Like why is she treated differently? Racist? Just saying. (laughs) Um, Paul in five seconds is getting punched by Jack. Um, in all fairness, she's being treated better. So I'm racist towards the white. That's what I'm saying. Racist okay, there you go. against white people. That torture she the- slept with him. Now, if Richard had slept with Curtis, yep. maybe he would have gotten better. Paul treatment. slept with Jack. Um, yeah, yeah. I just want to read like uh, I've, I've obviously ranked all the episodes um, and I've done my document already, but I, I literally wrote the opening of this piece talk about an episode that's all over the place we start with jack coming down a laundry shoot and ending with him punching audrey's husband paul in the face <laughs> like it's just it the, it's like why and like even in this episode we literally have torture first think later so why is it any different mary oh because we've got to have a plot where she's got to be taken somewhere and we've got to leave her to somewhere and like i hate this whole bringing the body thing it's stupid because like i'm with you i like that we're kind of moving curtis's character along we have had nothing to show Curtis is this type of person at all. Okay, he tortured yeah. Richard, but even then he got permission. He was like, oh, no, I'm not comfortable with this. So he got permission. So all of a sudden he's bringing in a dead body to show him. And this isn't really Curtis moving forward either. We never see this. It's the problem I have with Renee in season eight and season seven when it's just like, oh, she met Jack for five minutes. Let's turn her into Jack. It makes no sense. Like it just it annoys me. And again, you've got this stupid plot hole screaming. If this was Jack torturing her, the whole bit of like, well, there are thumbprints that get us into that building and one of them's dead. Well, we'll just chop his fucking thumb off then. Like, that's just what they should do. 
I didn't even touch on it last week. There was a, a real plot hole when Jack's like at the helicopter pad and he's like, oh, this person's phone number has been calling, you know, this one number. One of them is Marianne Taylor. Did Jack even know Marianne was evil? Because, like, we've not even seen him being told mm, in the field. Question. So here there's a scene in the episode when, like, Sarah calls Jack and she's like, Jack, it's Sarah. Jack should be like, wait, aren't you evil? Like, I mean, I was told you were being tortured an hour ago. So, again, there's just plot holes. And the dialogue is just terrible. Like, him, like, she's like, oh, I I have rights. And it's like, no, you don't. Your rights ended the moment you did this. I want to live. Or, no, you, what is it? Like, your right is that you get to live. And then even yeah. when he brings the body in, oh, that's disgusting. You're sick. <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, how do they get this body in there so quickly as well? But anyway, but then, like, <laughs> this dialogue, the meeting between hell, like, and, uh, yeah, so she's told us information, blah, 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 and I believe she's a sociopath. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I think it's just the way William Devane delivers a line. Are you a psychologist? <laughs> <laughs> No. And then is this where we have like the back and forth where it's kind of like, I think we need to go in there and we need to do this. And Aaron's like, well, we need Curtis here. What do you think, Audrey? I think Curtis should go in there. Okay. You've got no say in this at all. And I don't know why I've asked your opinion, but off you go, Curtis. (laughs) And like, what do they even say? They say like, oh, and send Jenkins from technology with them. Who is this person? Where are they? And why are they going with them? It's just, I get it. Plot's got a plot. We've got to get rid of Marianne. She served a purpose. We need to kill her. I understand that. Kill her off last week or the week before when she hits her head, dead. That's all you need to do. And then maybe have her find some sort of like connection where like we literally had this with the Arazas. Dina literally says, oh, there's a building. Cool. That's all you do. Kill Marianne. Go, oh, we discovered a thumb drive on her and it's got a building connected down here. Because that's all you need. Like, why do we need to have her in an extra scene to try and Nina up? Like, Katie Sackhoff, they try and Nina her character. I will admit, they go down the Nina path. But what is amazing about Katie Sackhoff's character is they do it to a point where you extend it. Katie Sackhoff, I'm not trying to take away from Aisha Taylor here because she does a great job with what she's got. But you're invested in the Katie Sackhoff character. And by the time you get to this sort of cowardly, like, begging for her life mixed with the I don't want to die... It's amazing. Like, you got a great scene between Jack and her, whereas this, it's just pointless. It's stupid. It annoys me. I'm jumping out here, but I don't give a shit because I don't want to talk about it anymore. And when they go into the <laughs> fucking office and you've got the bald guy who literally, like, if they, if you typed in evil person in the computer, you get a picture of this guy. Um, and then, like, it's just dumb. Like, why don't they kill Curtis? They kill Mary. Oh, I didn't tell them anything. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, we can't kill Curtis because he's a major character. Like, it's just, it's stupid. And this whole reveal of Sarah, like, this is my issue with like her and this whole storyline. Like I, I'm not as down on her as you are, but like she has been shoved in a room, no questions asked, tasered to the neck, tortured an hour later. So that was awkward, Sarah, wasn't it? Um, so about what we just did. Yeah. Like doesn't look good for us, but we really could use your help. Like where's Chloe? Bring Chloe back. Like we will get her back. But, like, there's no reason to not bring Chloe back. Chloe just helped Jack a little bit. You've got person here you were sworn on. The evidence is concrete. She's a terrorist. <laughs> and an hour later, you're bringing her back. I'm so on board with Sarah here. Why she only asked for two levels of a pay rise? I don't know. Um, so, like, I'm 100% team Sarah here. But then I lose a bit of, like, Sarah here. Just been tasing in the neck. Oh, shit, right, what's happening here? Oh, businesses. Wait, global corporate 
Facebook.com. I know them. Paul Rains is their CEO. Like, <laughs> does she sit around on the toilet reading like CEO monthly? Like, oh, I know all the CEOs <laughs> of all the random building companies in LA. It's just like, oh, it's so bad. And then just leading to this Paul crap. You're just contradicting yourself. You don't torture Marianne, who's legitimately a fucking terrorist. And every, the only person you should be torturing. The only, besides what's his face in the first episode where he gets shot in the leg. Secretary of Defense! Like, he was a terrorist. But, like, everybody else you were torturing, not a terrorist. So, Paul Reigns, it's because they're white. I'm telling you now. It's yeah. because Paul's a, a white man. The most marginalized uh, minority in all of the world. Like, you literally, like, again, if... There was an invasion. I don't know. I'm trying to like, we're, we're blaming, fair enough. You're blaming Putin for Ukraine. He's in control. That's a bad thing. But like if an American right now walks into a mall in Toronto and shoots up 50 people, you don't straight away go Joe Biden's fault. Like it's like, it's probably a very bad analogy there, but like, I see what you think you see what I'm trying to say here. Like I get it. He's a CEO. He, his business, but like, does he directly deal in the purchasing of buildings? Does Paul sit around and well, sign off? Like the CEO doesn't have all the control and it's just like straight away. Like there's no investigation. And even this whole level of it's 24, you've got to get shit done. Can we just point out a nuclear power plant on that Island? Rest in peace. Edgar's mother has fucking like meltdown and there are thousands of people dying. No one in this office in this episode mentions it. They mention the override. Bit late for the override, guys. They've already kind of destroyed a fucking power thing. Like they don't give a shit. This is like bloody Mojave Desert 747 all over again. Oh, well, that's a bit awkward. <laughs> on to the next one. Better find that building. Oh, poor Rains is evil. I'll punch him in the face. <laughs> like it's just. It's dumb. It just annoys me. I love this show. I really do. And I realize I don't get as angry on all the other shows that we've covered. Did a bit on Nip Tuck and there was a couple of episodes of Third Watch I did. But, like, this is just where it just goes on a level where it's just silly. And it's just – it's parroting itself. And I just – I just – I'll, I'll take a breath. <laughs> take a breath, Ben. <laughs> take a breather. Um, I uh, – yeah, I, I, I don't know whether – with the other people who've been tortured, I feel like that they had reasons to, you know? And the biggest problem with what's going to happen with Paul here is that everybody has basically said, this guy, probably no connection to it, you know? Um, now, they, I get their reason to be suspicious because they're like, hey, who would have thought Marianne was somebody that could have done this? But the issue is, if you have... The Secretary of Defense's son, who literally invited him to the place where they're going to kidnap him from, I get why you're suspicious of him. When you have Sarah, where all the evidence points towards her, and there's a history of moles within 24, she also that's also the job you sign up for. You know, even the even the desk jockeys at CTU have to understand there's certain things that come with the job, and it may involve torture. You know, um, yeah, you what's going to happen with Paul? You make it tortured, <laughs> possibly by Curtis, <laughs> um, but. Uh, with Paul, it's just we're and here's the thing: we're not even at the torture yet. But this, to me, feels like it's Jack has a problem with Paul. You know, Jack's being extra paranoid, or he's jealous, or something like that. Because and they 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 don't in a way they're going to kind of address that in this season, like the way that everything's going to happen at the end of the season with Audrey and Jack. She's going to maybe have some hard feelings and feel like Jack maybe didn't handle Paul the right way, but like. There's no reason for Jack of all people to go as far as he's going to go, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Just, we're just saving some time for that. Like, I agree with you, but I think that's where it's poorly executed because, like, you literally then drag Audrey into this. And it's like, 
Audrey, I've been talking her up as such a badass. Why have all of a sudden she's so pussy whipped by Jack? We're like, like, mm. like Audrey literally should be like, like Jack, I'm sorry, you're fucking wrong, mate. Like I married this guy. Like say what you will about him, but no, like she's just literally like, oh, I don't think he could be. Oh, but I'll go across to the room and like, like it just it weakens Audrey's character and just makes Jack look like a bully. And I, like I get it, I understand what you're saying. Like I think yeah, you need to. We've talked up this storyline, this tension between them, but like. I'm just jumping in here, spoiling it. You literally get Jack punch him in the face. He tortures him for five minutes. <laughs> Awkward. That's not really the thing. Oh, well, do you want to come work with me, Paul? Okay. Like, it's just like, it's just, that's what happens. And that's where it's just dumb. Like, yeah, create tension. I get this triangle, but it's just, it's just not good. And it weakens Audrey's character in this episode too, because I, I watch this now knowing Paul is completely innocent. And even at the end, I'm not condoning. I mean, well, there's no domestic violence here. Like I think, I'm kind of team Paul. Paul kind of has a yeah. right to get angry at Audrey because Audrey's yeah. being so flaky. Audrey's like, Paul, let's talk. Oh, no, I don't want to. Don't touch me. I don't want to see my Paul's like, dude, like, what the fuck? You came to me. Like, so Paul kind of has a right to get angry and yell. He doesn't hit her. He doesn't abuse mm-hmm. her. Kind of on team Paul here. And then Jack just walks in the room and punches him in the face. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's when we when we get to that. That's that part. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. Before we get there, another thing that I did like in this episode that I'm hoping you're on board with, and it's again Jack kind of being a spy this week. It is very James Bond, Jason Bourne, Mission Impossible. Uh, when him and Tony get to the house here, uh, and yeah. uh, I like this the photo, like when house. he's got the look at the yeah, yeah, uh, that on, yeah, with. but even just sneaking around this gutted house and they look up and they're like a floorboard here and they start pulling yeah. up the floorboards, and then there's another secret compartment. Seeing them sneaking around there is kind of cool, and then you get that big photo spread of like everything. Basically, they've laid out their entire terrorist plan from point a all the way down we are terrorists here's our mission (laughs) for more visit marwan's uh bistro at whatever (laughs) marwan's terrorism Uh, mission statement (laughs) one (laughs) god is great two Allah akbar three all the virgins four (laughs) blame the white people (laughs) six um, don't go to egypt and uh, open up a tomb (laughs) <laughs> oh wait, that's but the other one. <laughs> but it's the um, it's, it's the one moment when they're looking through all the pictures. Of course, it's laying out everything that's happened in the series. This is a, a previously on twenty four. This is literally pasted on a wall. <laughs> but when Jack gets that one picture where he sees himself in the background, yeah. and it's just this look on Kiefer's face where he's like, like I, I should have been onto this. Like this has been going on longer than I thought. Like how come I wasn't on this already? That's great. Um, and. Um, when he calls Audrey, so the Audrey phone call, this is again where there's this, there's lines of dialogue in this episode, like uh, uh, the ones I've already brought up earlier, like, how's that going? And I'm upset about my mother. Jack calls her and he's like, so we abandoned, found an abandoned house or whatever. And it's got all this information. And Audrey's response to him is like, great job, Jack. Or what is it actually here? Um, no, that's uh, great news that's or something. Great, no, yeah, Jack. Jack, that's a great find. Yeah. <laughs> A great find <laughs> talks like this. That's, but there's actually there's another bit of dialogue which I mean, again I'm jumping around here a bit. But like the evil guy that you know look up evil in the dictionary. You got evil guy. Like when he yeah. walks in, your name is Curtis Manning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a comment on that one. Wait till we get to He's that. He's Curtis Manning. Curtis Manning, I, that's right what there. I was gonna say. <laughs> it's all a joke. Rub it off on him. Your name is Curtis Manning, and you're a black man. <laughs> Uh, but and yeah, you're that's evil McEvil, and you're a white man. <laughs> yeah, that's a great find, Jack. 
Um, and, and this this conversation just goes on too long. Like, I get it from Audrey's point of view, where it's like, we need to question Paul. And she's like, okay, Paul could be leaving right now. The only reason he's going to stick around is for me. So let me go and just talk to him. And and it's him saying, no, don't do this. This is where I'm like, what is, we haven't gotten anything in the episodes prior to this where Jack has a chip on his shoulder about Paul. If anything, he was very respectful when Audrey told Paul and he awkwardly comes in the room. And then later when Paul's like, Jack, that's my wife. Just remember that. And he goes, understood, sir. Like he's been very respectful. And then here it's almost like, no, don't go. Like he's assuming this guy's a villain and it doesn't check out with the Jack we've seen up until now. And it's going to be very illogical for what's going to happen next week, especially, but it goes back and forth forever. So it's always just a bad writing aside from just being inconsistent with Jack's character. It was like, no, Audrey, I'm telling you, don't go, but I want to go. Don't go. I want to go. Don't go. I really want to go. Don't go. <sighs> Jack, I think I'm going to go. Please, Audrey, no. Oh, she's gone. Like, it, it went <laughs> That's on forever. a great like, find. <laughs> That's a great find. <laughs> See you soon. How's that going? <laughs> Your name is Curtis Manning. <laughs> I'm upset about my mother. <laughs> You're American and a terrorist? <laughs> Raise your leg. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because we can't. Hey, I looked up this address, 248878 Albert. The street Albert doesn't even exist, so it's a fictional oh, address. Fucking but, uh, 24 bullshit. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is basically going to lead to the end of the episode, which I'm on board. None of this stuff is good. The Marianne stuff's probably slightly better than the Jack Paul stuff, but um, let's do the Marianne stuff first here. Uh, oh, I, by the way, yeah, we do have um, Tony getting officially talked back. Because again, at the end of this episode, if everything's done, so Jack, I think I'm going to go home. Every episode. And I really want to finish this game. Jack, I'm like, I'm, uh, come on. <laughs> You know, I mean, Ecuador was up to nothing when we left. I mean, it could be over by now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jack has this, again, very cheesy line. Over the last two hours, I've watched my friend come back to life. Uh, <laughs> and even if I press hard enough, I can get you reinstated. This is the <laughs> flip side of the conversation later. Yeah. Um, but again, he hasn't even asked. <laughs> he hasn't asked. Uh, so Jack doesn't ask. Driscoll. Colony exactly. tortures. Tony, no, don't make me do it. I want you to die. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Tony, Tony officially gets reinstated and he was like, Agent Almeida will drive the car. <laughs> Tony is still with you. I don't want to do this. I've got shit to do. Leave me yeah, alone. Exactly. There's your office. Sit. I don't want to do this, Aaron. You are working for CTU. Now get to work. I just really want to get to season seven and have Tony be like, you know what, guys? On second thought, I really want to go home and finish that game, <laughs> clean up my yard. <laughs> I kind of like, look, the more and more I watch this, the more and more I see why Tony turns evil. No one listens to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People listen to me. I wouldn't be evil. Um, yeah, let's let's cover the Marianne stuff here first, because at least I'll get a better laugh out of the Paul stuff. Uh <laughs> Marianne walking Curtis into this office. I do love, again, Curtis. It's Captain Obvious, and it's also proper character that we're going to get a Curtis going forward where uh, she's like, what, you think this is some kind of trap? And he's like, yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like that. Yeah, brutally honest. Uh, and then when she's on the computer, which again, very high security, you got the fingerprint, and then she sees the, that password has changed. She goes, Powell? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, oh, moment. <laughs> he changed the password um, from password. It used to be password. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, wait, wait. Maybe it's password with a capital P. Yeah. It's taste sensitive now. Oh, you got to add a special uh, character hashtag password. Uh, exclamation mark. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, then this is where Mr. E- McEvil comes in here. And this, this to me was, I, I actually, the one part I really like about this final scene here is that it, it still, it caught me really off guard where she's on the computer and you just see the body of the other CTU agent fly through the door before anybody comes in. Like I mocked that moment where Jack pulled the trigger in the garage with Tony and the guy flew. But like the CTU guys, the other CTU guard, agent, uh, I don't know, what, what do we call it? Agent uh, Jenkins, it's always Jenkins. Agent <laughs> Jenkins' body flying through the door here, and then Miss McEvil comes in after him. Cheesy, and I like it a little bit more than the guy getting shot and flying across the garage. His name is um, Forbes. Like, they've literally just gone, okay, <laughs> get me a guy who looks evil and give him an evil name. Like, like they haven't even tried <laughs> this a rich Give me a rich man name. It's got to be a rich white man. <laughs> but yeah, him with his, yeah, your name is Curtis Manning. You are a CTU agent. <laughs> you are black. <laughs> you often state the obvious. <laughs> You've slept with this woman. You like to keto. <laughs> like, I just, the right, like, there is a worse episode with writing this season, uh, but, like, it's just, it's just so bad. Like, are they sitting around a writer's room? Okay, we've got this really evil guy. Okay, yep, right. Now, we need him to come in the room and make an entrance. All right, so what can he say? Can he be like, death to America? No, too obvious. All right, can he be like, I hate you all? No, too obvious. Can he be like, you're evil? No, that was in Dudley Do Right. Um, I know. He looks at Curtis. Yes, okay. He knows his name. Okay, right. So he says, wait for it. Your name is Curtis Man. Oh, brilliant. And what if he adds his profession? So your name is Curtis Man and you're a CTU. Oh, Emmy. Emmy, right there. We'll win the Emmy. Just, um, we're, we're, we're one television. It's, it's amazing. I, I love Curtis one-upping this guy <laughs> when he basically says, you know, I want you to tell me what you know. What, what, what have you discovered in your investigation, Curtis? What's an investigation? <laughs> just playing like dumb into you. But he said, I don't know anything about investigation. This is where he also says, you're American and you're a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. Is that actually I'm Canadian? Um, that's offensive. Uh, but like, also, like, why do these guys come into the office? Like, instead of just having pistols, it's got to be bad. They've got shotguns. Like, I mean, you know, they're evil when they've got a shotgun. Shotgun to the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do they do? What else are you going to do but knock them out? But <laughs> Marianne was knocked out. This what? is for Marianne. Boom. But again, you're not going to kill off Curtis. Roger Cross is signed on for yeah. the rest of the season. I understand plot armor. He's survived. But, like, why do they kill Marianne and not kill freaking well, Curtis? But I and I like Marianne's death only because it, it still caught me off guard. Like I don't know why I thought she was in this a little bit longer. But I know you have your issues with Marianne. I I kind of appreciate her as being an obvious mole to fool the audience. And then they kind of just do nothing with her for a couple episodes when she discovers she's the mole. But this last moment here, to me, she's like Nina as a weasel that you're like, oh, serves her right because she's basically sold out to the government. And then when they come in and she's like, I didn't tell them a thing. I'm not going to tell them a thing. The boom, you're dead. <laughs> like she's okay. I'm immediately back on the other guy's side. Like again, she's, she's like Nina, but a Nina, you want to die. So no need to eulogize her. I mean, they should Tyler. Well, you eulogize her at the end of whose line is it anyway, this season. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's an appropriate ending for Marianne at least. Yeah. Yeah. I wish she had a diamond chair to hit her head, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it's just, because then this is just going to lead to more crap next week. And, like, this is the thing you talked about, um, the McLennan-Foster people. Oh, yeah. 
or do they come back into it? The issue you have with this part of the season is because McLaren and Foster, I think, come back is it next week or the week after. Like you have so many of these like shadowy corporate companies that now you've got the Marianne one here where it's just whatever and you're going to have this one next week and whatever. And then like the stupidity of these is just like why do these corporate companies like have their own private armies that just like it just – it's done. This is, season seven has all of this, like corporate armies. I get the idea of well, doing that. Isn't that the whole plot of season? Was it season six? Seven. You seven. seven. Um, oh, I thought it was season six. Yeah, for so some seven. Reason. Basically, the the second half. Well, like, you kind of have this. So five leads to six. You kind of got this shadowy organization that's controlling the government, mm-hmm. right? And then it's always the Bowers, and it gets convoluted. And then by the end of season seven, when you get freaking um, oh, the the famous guy William. Oh, he's in Armageddon. (laughs) No, um, we nearly got him on the show, actually. Um, We still might get him on the show. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, he's like the – I don't even know who the big evil is in season seven. They they get confused with it. Um, But, yeah, just – I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying with this. It's just – you get confused with all these corporate types. (laughs) All these corporate types. Uh, Will Patton. Thank you. I need. Oh, yeah, Will Patton. Yeah. Yeah. Great actor. Um, Eh. At the end of the day, this is dumb. It's stupid. Marianne's dead. Celebrate. <laughs> I wish I had this through uh, other other seasons. <laughs> now we're not going to be using the applause for the next sequence because <laughs> there we go. The Max real. Dawson sequence of events. Uh, Audrey says she'll meet up with Paul because maybe she is having some second thoughts about them working it out. She goes to the hotel room. She's obviously expecting Jack there at this point because it's just very awkward as he's trying to talk to her. He's poured her wine. <laughs> he's obviously trying to make a move here. And uh, she's not responding at all. And at one point, he's basically like, all right, so you didn't come here to talk. And it's like, sex maybe? No, I'm not going to have sex with you. All right, well, forgive me. I thought if you didn't want to talk, maybe you wanted to have sex. <laughs> and then what is it? She says something. It's like, I just, I just thought that maybe we should be around each other. And he's like, on a day like this, <laughs> like her coming over to chat and, and have sex with you. Isn't a little bit more awkward than her just coming around to, I just thought we should be around Colin, each other. Colin, like, Colin, I've got to step in here. My friend, most men, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> most men wouldn't care. I'm sure on even on nine 11, if somebody rocked up, if Kim Rave rocked up to my house on nine 11, <laughs> you here for sex? No. Oh, okay. I just want to talk Oh, on a day like this. Like, <laughs> Most men straight away think of sex. Like, so this is normal men would go there. <laughs> this is this is just me. Um, but I do like when they cut into the conversation, one of the times they cut back here, he's like, or I could move to Washington. <laughs> like, again, we don't have the beginning of that conversation. None of those lines are, or I could move to Washington. What's that movie? Like, such and such yes, moves to could. Washington. What is it? Well, there's Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Thank you. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Mr. Reigns goes to Washington. Um yeah, and, and he's just getting upset with her here. Uh, again, completely understand Paul's point of view. One plot hole, this is 4 to 5 p.m., and when she calls him the first time, he says, well, I'm just getting ready to check out. Didn't you land like four hours ago? <laughs> and I'm sorry, I think that hotel's check-in time is usually like 2 p.m., and you were at CTU. So he left CTU like an hour ago so he could check into his hotel, and then immediately check out, which was his plan the whole time. I don't understand. He's rich. Um, he owns lots of buildings. He's a terrorist. You he know. owns this. Yeah. Uh, but this is where it all gets crazy because he's basically like, what are you spying on me? Uh, and then uh, Jack comes in the door 
and punches him in the face. Okay, so with a gun pointed at him, by the with way, with a gun. Like again, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's not strangling her. He's not doing anything. He's getting upset because she he thinks he's being spied on. And then her boyfriend, who he's already had like the, hey, this is my wife conversation, comes in and punches him in the face. Now, by the way, Jackson do a lot worse than this next week. Look out and for that lamp. When, look out for the lamp. And even when things start going okay between Jack and Paul again, sorry, Jack's going to do even worse to him. So um, as bad as the torture has been this season, nobody gets it worse than Paul Reigns. I don't understand Jack's motive here. This scene between Paul and Audrey is, I know they wanted it to be awkward, but it's its awkward even at being awkward. And Jack punching him in the face in the end might be the worst cliffhanger we've had this season. We've had blander cliffhangers. Yeah. But this is just a cliffhanger that makes you go like, what? Like, what? <laughs> I will say, I remember watching this live being like, ooh, like, you know, shit's getting real here. But like, it's just, I mean- Again, Jack, hypocrite. Jack, sexist. Why doesn't he punch women in the face like this? Sarah walks in. You're a terrorist! Punch her in the face, Maria. You're a terrorist. Because he's a white man. You punch him. Sexist. Uh, racist. Just saying. It's just, yeah, everything you say is right. And I think it's just, the only positive I take from it is just the development of the relationship between Audrey and Jack. Jack, like Audrey hasn't really seen what Jack's capable of. And next week she will. Mm. So that's. Yeah is where I will, the only thing I'll take out of this whole storyline, because that is a great thing by the end of this season, sort of like you start this season off with Jack and Audrey, you know, fucking like rabbits and the end of it, they're questioning everything. And I like, I like that. I like what they do with that. It's just this stuff. You just got to sit through it. And again, like Paul's not doing anything wrong here. Like again, he hasn't slapped her. He hasn't grabbed her. He hasn't thrown a glass in her face. Like, you know, Audrey's just being so weird here that like Paul just yelled at her a little bit. Like, what is it? What is it like? He says, "Like you think I've got something to hide," and then Audrey's like, "Oh, have you got something to hide?" And that's when he is that when he throws a glass. Like, what's that supposed to mean? Like, yeah, like what is that supposed to mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. if, if somebody said to me, like all of a sudden, like, "Are you a terrorist?" I'm like, what? Like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, this is a weird comparison, but I think you know where I'm going for it. It's like that Jeff Varner season of Survivor when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's just like, "Why haven't you told anyone you're a transsexual?" And everyone's like, "What? Where did that come yeah. from?" Okay, <laughs> like, and we know how that played out for Jeff Varner. So I mean, or, or show me your teeth, you know. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brenda. Oh, she's so good. Uh, oh, I've got the Brenda bots after me again. It's been a while. Um, anyway, uh, it's just terrible. It's just bad. I, I and like again, I'm I'm trying to be Mister Positive here. I'm just glad that this season at least just has this little patch in the middle where it's not good. I think from this point on, after like the next three, well, the next two episodes after this, uh, I think there's maybe one more episode this season, if I'm not mistaken, that I've been. Yes, there is. And then it's kind of, it's it's solid and it's good. You know, our next, after this season, when we get to um, season six and we get a streak of bad episodes, they don't recover. Season seven, mm. they don't recover. Legacy, they don't recover. I think season eight, there's a little mini patch where it's bad, but it gets good again. Like, this is an anomaly in this season. So, like, thinking of the positives, just take it on board that these bad will turn good again. When we're in season six, um, you know, there's, there's all down here from here, my friends. Like, there's no recovering from here. So, anyway, ugh, dumb. Ben, move um, on. <laughs> well, I was about to say, you have convinced me to bin this episode. Yay! Um, yeah, I mean, ben rules, 2023. 
Sorry. It's not, it's not going to be my lowest. Uh, well, is it my lowest episode of the season? I'm debating on that. Um, I got to go back and look at what episode four was for now. I'm going to put it just above episode four, because I think some things in this episode, I really like, but maybe I'll flip those around later on. So this will end up as uh, this will end up <laughs> in the vomit beam. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow that escalated quickly the things that we don't bother to edit out because we're too lazy ben's got a job now no time to edit that's why he's got the soundboard exactly that's, um, that's the reason i bought it in. <laughs> i have shit to do busy now uh this is gonna be 71 for me overall so i've got this just one spot above what episode four was but while you're doing yours i'm gonna look up what Episode four was You've, and see if I change. I it. think that was the robbery episode. He he goes into the, the oh. very end of the episode. I think he holds up. Was that not that, that one? one is worse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. So you've obviously got more bins than I do, because if what did you say this was? 71? Uh, yeah. So of season four episodes, this is my third bin of the season. Wow. Mm. Um, so I'm looking at my 71 and I've still got rents at 71. This I'm, this is my lowest of the season. I've got this at 77, um, overall out of 82, not 77 of this season. So as of right now, I've got only what's that five episodes below it. So two and three in season one, which I think are all related to, uh, amnesia. Uh, and then two seasons. The bottom is still the Cougar episode. So, um, yeah, but this is three spots below 4-4, which is, yeah, the the robbery episode. Um, But as I spoiled before, the next two weeks will be lower than this. (laughs) So, not as low as the Cougar, don't worry. But, um, yeah, it's just not a good episode. It's, you know, and uh, Jack hasn't even yelled at an EMP yet. But anyway, <laughs> this punch ball in the uh, face. <laughs> uh, I didn't go through any tree. I don't know if you have your book yet. Uh, I do. It's it behind arrived? me. I, I have. I just, I, I mean, I can get it. I haven't looked at it, but uh, I can't be bothered moving. No, I'll, I, I don't I don't know if there's anything interesting in this one. I'm just looking right now. Um, a landlord named Stephen Wiseman for the building Tony Almeida and Jack Bauer raided was seen in a deleted scene that can be found on the season oh. four DVD. Can't wait for my DVDs to get here. Does he do a commentary? Um, <laughs> <Shenandoah>? <laughs> Rose McGowan did the commentary on this episode. Um, uh, Aaron Driscoll states that Navi was granted American citizenship five years ago. A previous episode. Yeah. So the, this I like the, it's literally the same trivia as last week. I like the Baru shoots n- near Navi's heart from behind. The bullet wound is clearly seen in Navi's chest from the front. But when Jack bends over to examine Navi, there is no wound in the back. Because everybody knows they're looking Aww. at Jack's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Unacceptable. I mean, I didn't catch it. Um, next week, I didn't want to watch the episode just yet, Don't. but I did. I skimmed <laughs> through because, again, you really had me curious week by week. So I sort of skimmed through and I know that next week's going to be a we've already talked about half the stuff that happens with Paul next week. But a big moment comes next week, which I think is one of the reasons why you're so down on it, because it's going to be a storyline we haven't been very fond of. As somebody is, I don't know, taking a dump outside Ben's window no, or something. I, just, I heard like suspicious. a banging noise and because I'm on like the fifth floor. It's not like somebody can like, unless it's a Spider-Man attacking me. I, I don't know. <laughs> My table fell over or something. 
but uh, but yeah, there is there is going to be a big conclusion to a storyline or a character that we are not fond can, can of. Can we next just week. can we just read the, the the plot synopsis? Jack and Curtis finally it. learn the location of the override device. They try to trap the architect of the terrorist strike before the remaining nuclear plants go critical. Again, we don't give a shit about the one that already has. Like rip them. <laughs> Tony pushes Dina. That's it. No, Tony pushes Dina to reveal more of their knowledge of Marwan while Driscoll faces another personal crisis with her daughter. There is, I kind of say, there's one line in this episode which I didn't touch on, which I actually kind of like. It's when um, Nina, uh, Dina gets you back into the office. She's like, I've told you everything I know. And I kind of like, Aaron, we'll see. Like, I just, I like that line, even though I was going to leave. Yeah. But, but again, we don't torture fucking Dina, do we? Because she's, she's not white. The actual terrorists. Because she's not white. That's what I'm saying. The actual terrorists. I'm actually. Safe. You know, I'm wondering if it was a sensitivity thing with this season, why they decided to do that. Like, we want to have a lot of torture this season, but let's make sure we're not torturing Middle Eastern people, black people, any, you know, type of minority. Maybe they were just worried that it would get a more negative reaction than it was already going to get. So it's not knows. 2022, Colin. It's 2005, the good old days. You could torture and kill minorities yeah. <laughs> and get away with it. Nowadays, when torture oh, was no. okay. <laughs> God. Oh, Let's go back to the good old days when it was okay to torture. Uh, anyways, we're going to be back next week to talk about somebody. Somebody's going to die next week, and we're going to be happy about it. That's all we have to say. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else we have going on right now. It might just be 24, or we might have started some massive new project. Um, we don't know. Yes, welcome to January 2023, where we got <laughs> our shit together. Um, stuff coming soon. Uh, sign up to yes. our Patreon. Uh, very, very worth it. <laughs> you will get at least as much Patreon content this month as you get on the free version. We promise it. Uh, but um, yeah, maybe we'll come up with something. Maybe, maybe Rossi will Rocky. have a month to himself. Rocky will have a month to himself. Clearly, he's, he's got, got just fucking say on editorial content on this show. I know he's not even uh, listening to these episodes. He listens to our other podcasts, just not the Oz Network apparently. But I swear it's every second day he's like, I got another idea for something to do next year. I'm like, okay. Colin, <laughs> what's this, this one? <laughs> there's this magical word I want you to use next time. It's called no. Um, <laughs> well, we, we want somebody to be releasing new content in January. So uh, how about we make it a maybe? Why does it like we've got habits of people working for us and then going rogue and starting their own podcast? Start Rocky Oz. Like, I mean, for God's sakes. Right. You know? Hi, Rocky Oz coming to the Oz Network next year. Let me call Rosky. Rosky. Rosky's not bad, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Have it, Rocky. It's yours. All right. And I bet you he's listening to this episode just because he knew we talked about him. Um, Thank you for listening, Rocky. My name is Colin, and that's a great find. And my name is Ben Manning, CTU agent, and you're not my son. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)